Blog Talk Radio. Listen to me, because I really don't care no more about what anybody thinks. Because if we're going to go down this road and make a covenant, we can't make another covenant with death. You said, Tavis, what is that word about promise? What the, Barbara Jordan, what the American people want is simple. They want an America as good as its promise. Well, America is no good at all. If you have made a promise that you don't keep, what are you? You are a liar. Did they promise the Native Americans? Did they write it in treaties? Did they fulfill it? Did they promise us 40 acres and a mule? Did they fulfill it? Brown versus the Board of Education. 50 years later, where's the promise? Is it fulfilled or are we still in segregated schools? The right to vote. You got it? But the minute they gave it to you, they were finding ways to take it back from you. Can't you open your eyes and see the house is burning? We are dying every day, and we're in a hell of a condition because we've made a covenant with a government that is death itself with a people that have lied to us, deceived us, and murdered us, and rubs us good on one side and kicks us in the behind on the other. You are a deceived people. If you don't have the testicular fortitude to say what needs to be said, then sit down and stop trying to say you speak for our people and the hurt of the poor. Now I close. Excuse me. I think I'm getting excited. I applaud this covenant. But it demonstrates our impotence. Because in many of the chapters, it keeps going back to not only what we do, but really, we start looking to the same liar that has continued to promise but never fulfilled. And that's why God said, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive your sins and heal your land. So don't look to them, look to God, look to yourself, Break your covenant with hell and death, then make a covenant with black America and let's help implement a road map that will free us and the whites that will be freed can be freed by this. The Mexicans, the Hispanics can be freed by this road map. We are a universal people. But those at the top, they're on their way to hell. And if I got any power, I want to push them into hell as fast as I can. Well, well, good evening and welcome to the Alpha Show here at TruthWorks Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. 
and more than once is what we're going to do today or this evening. Um, I want to, uh, first I want to give everybody the number. <laughs> and I thought, um, well, as it is, you, you're making me miss my basketball game by being with you this evening. But through the amazing miracle of recording, that technology has allowed me to push it to the back burner. Nine two nine four seven seven two eight six seven. If you're feeling inclined to speak your mind, give me a shout. I'm not gonna inhibit what you say. I'm not gonna belittle what you say. I'm gonna listen to what you say, and whether I agree or disagree, it matters not. It's just that you get a chance to say what you want to say. I don't want everybody and I don't expect anybody to agree with me and my approach to this political quagmire, this, um, excuse the language, this clusterfuck that we find ourselves a party to because there is no way out. There is no remedy. I understand people saying, "We what?" And they ask, "What have the Democrats done for you? What have the Democrats done for you? What have they done for you?" It's not what they've done for us. It's what they've done to us. They haven't done to us as much as the Republicans have done to us. So, the lesser of two evils has to take precedent. Political reality must come into focus because, look, you can dislike Democrats as they all gathered to vote yes on Blue Lives Matter. A real kick fan in your face to the African-American community of back Democrats like fettered sheep because on the other side I guess I can put it like this is the difference between living out, living outside or how about living in the barn so we prefer the barn as opposed to living out in the open space in the wilderness and the threat of Mother Nature. That's my difference. That's what I see. A few things, bases I want to cover. And I want to cover it again because it seems to have to be clarified over and over. Uh, sure will, Otis. 929-477-2867 is the number where I can be reached. What do we have to discuss? What do we have to discuss? Is there so much going on that you can just go anywhere you want to? And There's a, there's a pertinent... Uh, uh, 
an important story to be discussed. Um, I want to remember Malcolm X on his birthday, another assassinated leader who tried very, very hard to lead his people away from their indoctrinated ignorance because they were taught you only know what you know. You can only do better if you know better. And since the teachings aren't there, we are locked in. Locked in, let's say locked in. Because we can't seem to get a handle on what's right, what's wrong, and what we just don't know. Take time out, step back, and ask yourself, what the hell are we doing? What in the hell are we doing? And not just what the hell are we doing as a country, what the hell are we doing as a people? I love it when I have colleagues who understand and they're basically beating the drum for black people to turn this around. Beating that drum for us to rescue ourselves seems to be a Hail Mary from like the 10-yard line. You got to go 90 yards. I say chip away, chip away, and get closer and closer. Make sure that what you disseminate to our people is being recognized and absorbed. And let's face it. These young people ain't absorbing a damn thing but rap, prison culture, and just ignorance. Not all, not all. So let's not get it twisted. But not enough. Not enough of us in the African-American community realize they got a beef here, they got a beef there. I've got a um, I've got a link for uh, voter suppression that Cambridge Analytica was doing to suppress the African American vote, and they were suppressing the African American vote by telling you Hillary this, Hillary was that reminding you what Hillary said uh, some 20, 25 years ago or more. Just the common, just the obvious. 
And now look at where we are. Just step back and look at where we are. We got a common thief, a common criminal that runs this country. He's trying to sick the IRS as though it's his personal, his personal brown shirt, jack boot, goon squad on the owner of the Washington Post and Amazon, whatever his damn name is. But um, Trump is after him, and he's trying to use the government like Richard Nixon did, and that was a abuse of power. That was one of the articles of impeachment for Nixon. And he had tapes, and we've got enough proof, enough evidence to impeach the orange um, dreamsicle. His abuse of power, his conspiracy against America, his pay-to-play, the bribery the dismantling of the government as we know it. If you look at the environment that we're in, you have the so-called law and order party who's out to destroy the rule of law. And let's face it, they're out to destroy the rule of law. And wait, 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 wait. Could somebody please, please tell Kanye to sit the fuck down? Or could somebody please tell Rudy Giuliani to shut the fuck up? I don't understand. How is it that you used to be a prosecutor, and you prosecuted the mob in New York. And you stepped forward in your senile years to somehow botch your credibility. You had no credibility to start with, first of all. Um, What was the guy's name? Carrot? Bernie Carrot? Is that his name? That you put up for... Homeland Security, and now what's Bernie Carrick? Bernie Carrick is a convicted felon. You put the First Responders Communication Center in the towers where thousands died, and yet they put you on a pedestal as the country's mayor when you were nothing more than a shyster. A confused shyster, in fact. I was a part of a panel yesterday that um, I thought was very interesting because I I take part in those types of panels, and I've taken part in those kind of panels before, and they've always 
always seem to be positive. Because let's face it, three heads are better than one. That's just the norm. That's just a given. And it's a given because I was on the I Declare show with uh, the host, India Declare, the real raw right now of India Declare. And I was joined by the boss, my big sister, CEO of TruthWorks Network, Miss um, Janice Graham. Or BJ, as people call her. I never call her BJ. I always call her when I need computer help or posters posted or a show created. But she made me learn to create my own shows, and now she seems to not be taking my calls. But, (laughs) but, let me say this. I don't um I don't mind and I didn't mind last night. I think um the forum yesterday, last night was very effective and um I think that uh, many times we um I got people coming in and out of my house like I'm not on the air. I tell you what <laughs> Uh, that's my son coming in. That's another individual who don't know how to come home from work. Give it up, man. You can't work all the hours. You can't have all the time. You've got to come home sooner or later. But um, I would like to continue that type of forum from yesterday, if at all possible. I don't know what's wrong with blog talk radio because it seems that uh, people are having trouble and they keep flashing in and out. Brother Otis has been in and out three or four times. So I don't know. I I just have to say, I just have to say, uh, I hope he can make it back once again. But uh, I am not shy about um, wanting to limit my my words, my talk time, because I do believe that there is an aggressive, more effective way to deliver our message. My message is simple. My message is kick them in the groin and run over them. Now, somebody else's message might be a little bit different. They might want to somehow offer some kind of olive branch. I don't. I don't like to offer olive branches to people who are trying to destroy us. They are looking to cut um, the food stamp program, and they're looking to cut the food stamp program through this latest farm bill. 
Donald Trump is trying to defund Planned Parenthood. And, um, how is y'all doing running around with a rifle? I'm sorry, people are still coming into my house and now look like they're armed. But, uh, I do believe that, I hope that's just a pellet gun. But, um, I don't think, uh, I might have to fear for my life and shoot her, my daughter in law. I might have to take a break and go get my pistol because I might be fearing for my life over here. At least that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) That'll be my story to the masses, to the gendarmes as they show up to uh, try to um, take me to the woodshed for her demise. I would not mind holding or being the host for another such political panel. And not even a political panel. Somebody tell me one thing. Just I got I got to ask and I got to ask on the air. Because I didn't see one minute of it. Not one minute of it. Until they showed, they actually showed segments of it on AM Joy this morning. And I watch AM Joy religiously because she's pissed so many white right wingers off that she's got to be in my camp. But I get to ask a question. And this is a very serious question. I want everybody to step back. And give this some thought. And I can only say it one way. And I'm sorry if I offend anybody. But what's with these fucking hats? What's with this shit on their head? And why is it that black people always end up adopting this silly bovine? Joy Reid, just damn... You could have got a brighter color. That green kind of blended in with the melanin in your skin. It made you look like you was had a some type of flying saucer on your head or something landed on your head and it was about to crawl off and fly away. What's with these goddamn hats? Is that an England thing? Because I wouldn't know. I'm one of these non-cultured sons of bitches who simply... I'm not with that program. Somehow, I just don't understand. Uh, Joy, and even the people, uh, even the panel, there was an Englishman on, and I know why he had to have, he's used to it. But there was another black lady on with Joy, and I can't remember her name. All I know is that um, that's when I dropped my head and began to pray, and I don't pray much, but uh, because ain't nobody ever home when I pray, so I'm going to keep on, keep on keeping on. 
So if you're inclined, somebody can answer that question for me because it continues to roll around in my damn head because I want to know what's wrong with what's up with these fucking hats. Oh, yeah, that's right, these fucking hats. I can't couch it. I can't explain it. Maybe someone can explain it to me. Just like someone needs to talk to their boy, uh, Mr. Kanye West. And um, while I pause to tap this kidney, I want you to listen to this. Kanye, Kanye, Kanye. Did you know that there was a time when genius denoted above average intelligence? Yeah, man. Uh, musically speaking, Jimi Hendrix was a genius. Stevie Wonder's a genius. Prince, a genius. What is it that you do? Right? Right? You sampled my daddy's record collection and Jay-Z liked it. That's what got you where you at, brother. You're not a genius. You're just lucky. Okay? Because, listen, man. You are making the mistake that so many Americans and people who live in Western countries make. You actually believe that some kind of merit got you there for getting on all the shoulders that you are standing upon, good brother. What the hell is this? Right? Some people say that he's mentally ill. Some people say Kanye's going through something. He ain't got his mama. I'm saying that the things that he's saying and the context that he's saying are absolutely dangerous for us. And I'm going to break down why, all right? Candy-ass Americans sitting up here fat and happy in our Disneyland of a country have no idea what it was to be a slave. You have no historical context because you weren't taught the historical context. You would have to sort that out on your own. Talk about what well, slavery was a choice because people revolted from it all the time. Really? You ain't freaking led as much as a strike at your job. Talking about you could lead a slave revolt. You sitting up here in employment that you hate. You sitting up here in relationships that you can't stand with people that make you want to vomit, but you suddenly would tell a slave that they had a choice. Okay, let's look at the roots of these words. Choice is an abundance of options to pick from. That's offense. Decision is defense. Decision is what you got left when your choices have been removed. It's the last square inch of human will. How do we know that? It's in the root word. Decision. Root word, same root word as scissor. It means to take a loss, to cut away from, all right? Yes, yeah, slaves had a few decisions to make because their choices had been removed, okay? And as a matter of fact, these slaves had more life and death decisions to make in a single week than a lot of y'all will have in your whole lifetime. We have this Hollywood idea of what slavery was, these big, strong, strapping Africans, right? If you really look at it, look at the photos from the 1800s. And what you will see is that you will see our ancestors were emaciated. The, the, the Middle Passage journey, sometimes you could lose up to 30% of your body weight. And they would come off of these ships that were henpecked, their ribs were showing, they had ticks and mice droppings inside of their bodies. Did you know that, right? And one of the great myths is that there was like, like these, these big, strong people, adults, that they were. But in fact, they were children. Did you know that after the revolts were going on in the first part of the Middle Passage, they started kidnapping children? So to say that you had a choice to be a slave is to say that a kid had a choice from being about being kidnapped. Can, can you actually say that to somebody, right? Is that saying that a woman had a choice to be raped? 
Do you want to really go down that line of logic, all right? There are decisions that have to be made once your choices are removed. But I'm going to tell you something. We got skeletons of slaves, right? We, we, we unearthed them. And you can see that there were places where the ligaments were once attached that they were ripped from because the biceps pulled themselves away from the bone because the work was so laborious. I'm sure plenty of people chose to do that. The problem is, is that you Americans sit up here and you don't realize the trauma that our ancestors went through. In fact, a lot of y'all are still in therapy after witnessing one murder, after being molested and raped one time, right? After having one children lost, at one of your children lost. Can you imagine if that was your whole life? Can you imagine what kind of mental disorders that you would have? How you would see the world if you literally had no physical agency over your body. And the danger of what Kanye said is that we are living in a culture that likes to forget what the ruling class wishes to be absolved of the sins of the past. And when you say shit like that, you're giving them an out. And the problem is that they can't have an out because they ain't broke the habit. These same people are recreating slavery systems all over the place, where, whether it's corporatism globally, where we're paying people less than a living wage all over Indonesia and China, right? Whether it is recreating the prison industrial complex, whether it is uh, debt slavery of people who are working average jobs 40 hours a week and still can't make ends meet. They haven't broken the habit, so they cannot be absolved. You doing that puts us in all kinds of danger. But let me tell you something. Enslaving someone is a choice. Raping and kidnapping someone is a choice. Being born is not. Getting kidnapped is not. But being ignorant in the information age is a choice. And I need you to unmake that choice, Mr. Kanye West, and all of y'all who follow him when you believe that you, that, that, that you can actually have some kind of moral grounds to say slavery was a choice, man. Shut your soft ass up and show some respect for my goddamn ancestors. Until next time, I'm Theo E.J. Wilson. Like, follow, and share. You a genius, that is. Peace. Um, that's basically, that is basically all I have to say about that. Um, I won't bring them up. You know, Donald Trump and Kanye West are in the same package. Trump and West are like, When assholes see them, they go, now there's an asshole. Because it takes one to know, you know. It's that simple. 929-477-2867. If you're inclined to look me up, call me up, hit me up, Do what you got to do. It's a choice. And it's a choice that we will make and uh, we'll continue to make. Um, I would um, venture to say that there are a number of things that will motivate we as a people and motivate us as children. One of the motivators that I've come across is uh, Mr. Les Brown. And I first came across Les Brown 
some time ago, I want to say over 20 years ago, and um, and that's what motivators are. More than anything, they are fast, slick talkers. <laughs> Les Brown uh, caught my ear, caught my eye, and he did the one thing that is most important when you're trying to sway, when you're trying to convince, when you're trying to motivate. You got to get people to listen to you first. Get them to listen to you. And if I can get uh, people to listen to me, somehow they can maybe navigate around my arrogance, my narcissist. They may be able to navigate around my personality and listen to what I am trying to say or teach them. And I say teach them because I have um, offspring, grand offspring, and now I've got great-grand offspring. And the great-grand offspring seem to just keep coming. They just seem to keep coming. I'm told one of my grandchildren are expecting twins, which will escalate the number of great-grandchildren to 19. And I had barely, barely gotten up off the floor from the shock of 19 great-grandbabies. And this last one, I don't know how honest or how truthful it is, but uh, I'm told that uh, another granddaughter, my oldest granddaughter, is expecting twins. So now we're looking at 21. So now I have no other choice but to find some some escape, some hiding place, only around Christmas time. And, you know, the birthdays, they're all over the calendar. Every month of the year, there's a damn birthday. If I got 17 great-grandbabies now, how many months do you think there's a birthday in it? For I don't think there's one month that is free, really. However, I digress. I continue to look forward to the days when I can have them all together in one room and just aggravate the hell out of all of them or vice versa. They aggravate the hell out of me. 929-477-2867 is the number if you want to get in. And um, declare Janice Graham, give me a call. We can continue this panel. We can continue to chop it up, swap our differences, and swap our likes. If you want to join me, or you have something to add, or you have a story to add, uh, and uh, I got I saw a thing on Facebook from the CEO of TruthWorks and the boss. 
that I was tagged and asking why. Why were you up watching this wedding? And she tried to explain about something about um, when she was over there, being over there, and and it didn't help me. It didn't help me one bit because I just couldn't get my mind around it. But um, let the people party. Let the people have a grand old time. I don't know what the far right in that country is going to do, but uh, let's let them let's let them do what they're going to do, and. Um, the Royal Guard will uh, take care of them. 929-477-2867. Let me go to 617. 617, welcome to the Alpha Show. Thank you for calling TruthWorks Network. Well, how are you, Alpha? Thank you for inviting me on. Well, I... I you ever been uninvited anywhere? <laughs> You just said. You no, just no, no, no. Said. I was serious. I, I was serious. I want, I want you in, and hopefully, let's see, let's see. Three, four, six. Welcome to the Alpha Show. Thank you for calling TruthWorks Network. Oh, hi, Alpha. Yeah, this is me. This is India. How are you doing? Okay, okay. I forgot my. I, I don't forgot know my. Um, I forgot Your my. Area uh, code? What do you call it? Uh, area code. Yeah, I didn't recognize my own uh, area code. Uh, that's crazy. I'm, I'm, this this is really working out so far. <laughs> you you're uh, man, manipulating. <laughs> okay. You know, okay, Alpha, I, I something that occurred to me while you were talking. And as a people, we're gonna have to be very careful about this. There is a difference between being strategic, creating a ta- a tactical approach to the problems that we face as a, as a people there is a difference between being a critical analyst and being hateful and there's a lot of difference between one and the other and i am i am starting to fear that for our lack of having confidence in our ability to to create a correct strategic plan as to how we are going to survive, get on the other side, and become prosperous as a people, that this 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 hatefulness that we have gotten. I mean, it's one thing to acknowledge, be able to examine and understand white supremacy and white privilege. It's another thing to be emotional about it. And when you start talking in in hateful ways, you can't stand this black person and you can't stand this black person and you, this black person is doing what I wouldn't do so I that person can be Checked off the list 
We don't have the luxury of checking people off the list when they have resources. Um, And the other is we are showing a self-hatred when we begin to believe that we can fight everybody that hates us. Right. The The whole idea of liberation is around power and authority. That is all it's about. It's not about what some white woman said on Twitter. It's not what what some person who has no authority, no no power to impact. We are talking about something that is systemic, systematic and institutionalized. And people without power and authority cannot do that. So I really fear that we're trying to save off, fight back at individuals rather than the system. So if, how do we? So how people, do we unite as a collective? Like I mean, um, what I look like, India. What? Let me ask you something, India. What do I look uh-huh. like being mad with Megan Margot? I don't know that lady. Uh, uh, well, uh, yeah, that's, Megan yeah, I totally agree. That's yeah, the lady totally got married with the, that. Uh, that's the lady that got uh, married to the um, prince today. No, no, no. But I mean, who's mad at her? I'm not mad at her. People talking about her and. And what she is and what she isn't, and oh really? I haven't the- I haven't seen any of that. I I could care less what people say. I'm with you. I think that um, 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 uh, 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 time is such a valuable asset. It's such a critical asset, and how time is allocated and 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 how time is critically thought through. Uh, that is essential, and I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, getting diverted on something on social media, yeah, or... like we we mad at Obama. What are we mad at Obama about? I mean, I'm not mad at Obama. Point? I'm disappointed. A whole bunch I'm of black people because... mad at him. Okay, it seems a whole like bunch the black, black press people... is spending Go... all their time being mad at Obama. Well, that's the way it started out. When he was president, there were people mad at him. He wasn't doing this. He wasn't doing that. As though he was the savior. As though somehow he was going to snap his fingers and everything was going to be all right. No. I'm not mad at Obama. I was a little disappointed in him. I'm still disappointed in what he has left us. I'm disappointed in Harry Reid. I'm disappointed in damn near every Democrat that sits in an in a elected seat. All right. But yeah. hate, hate Phil, hate Phil, you're damn mm-hmm. right. And you know who I hate. You know who I hate. I hate them goddamn Republicans through and through. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to mention it. I'm not going to mention it. Where I'm unapologetically hateful towards Republicans. Not because I was born like that. Hate is, is an emotion. Okay. And emotion, emotion, is 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 in no way political. Outrage okay. is in no way political. 
So I think we waste our energy. Um, and I, I, I ain't mad at you for hating the, the, the Republicans. But what I'm saying is that that is not the only, that is irrelevant to constituting a strategic plan. I, I've been thinking about what Joe Meyer said on Indy's show last night all day long. He is mm-hmm. so absolutely right. The bottom is about to fall out of this, out of the housing market. Mm-hmm. You see your gas prices going up, skyrocketing. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I I don't drive my car because I like to be driven. So I spend forty dollars a month, almost. Maybe sometimes fifty. Um, putting gas in my car, and that'll That's that'll criminal. carry me all month. That's criminal. But but with the gas prices going up, mm-hmm. uh, we're we're back in the same pickle we were in 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 nineteen. Um, I mean twenty fifteen. Um, right, and and, and and the gas prices haven't. They, they. It, I think that we should break ourselves as we're just beginning the summer. Right. I, I, I think they're going to rise even higher, which is going to restrain and 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 uh, put a um, uh on you know on the budgets of more and more families, and, and yep. uh, you know that's going to domino into yep. uh, other uh, areas. Uh, absolutely. Yep. And I and I you know, agree. And with you. And I, I, I have not stopped thinking about what Mr. Meyer said last night uh, as well. We are in serious times. This is. I mean, when we when we see uh, gas prices going out, when we see this man conducting uh, and 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 dancing on the periphery of both a trade and a military war, when we see him betting on. What Putin will be able to pull out, and Putin and Netanyahu will be able to pull out of their magic asses. We're in trouble. Yes. And just like Joe said, we had better strap up. And and how you do that is a tactical. Maneuver that comes out of a strategic plan, and we don't have either. But we got time to worry about Barack Obama. Barack Obama hasn't been the president for sixteen months, eighteen months, or however time it was. Scott Walker is still the the governor of Florida. Scott, whatever his name in Wisconsin, is still the governor of Wisconsin. We've got judges on the benches on the bench who could give less than a mouse's hair, nose hair about what happens to people who have to go to work every day, and we've got millennials and black academics and black media who never talk about people who don't have a job haven't been able to get a job for twenty years. And their rent is going to be jacked up at an average of twenty-five dollars a month, and for poor people, twenty-five dollars is 
is is something between buying medicine from their for their children and 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 becoming homeless. That's right. That's right. You're Every gonna... dollar has a job. I I understand what you're saying, but I listened to, to the way you couched it that the housing market is about to collapse. That this is about all of this stuff is by design. This is what yes. they are doing to the country. This is what they are doing to people who are the least of the last. You're absolutely right. And I got to say, I have to say it like that, and I have to say it like this. I hate them bastards because they don't give, they have, there's no humanity in them. And of but, all but the Alpha. people I've ever hated in my life, I will hate them. I hate no one else. I am not saying who... that your hatred is not legitimate and not valid. Mm-hmm. I'm the last person to say that to anyone about who you love, who you hate, who you don't talk to. Right. But what I am saying is that if we are all consumed even if our media is consumed with it. Mm-hmm. Not only are we standing in a pause, we are descending into a big black hole at the same time. That's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. Well, somebody broke the window in the airplane and everything is being sucked into this black hole because of what we have what what we are experiencing as a so-called leader of the free world that's what we you know one of the things that i railed against was the type of thing that people were saying of don't 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 support hillary clinton look i know hillary clinton is not the perfect but i wasn't willing to throw her under the bus for a non-existent Jill Steins. And it now has turned out that uh, she, too, is a useful Russian idiot. Don't yep. Make that stop and try to... Right. Don't stop and try to reconfigure the decisions that we've made. The article, that, the link that I posted about Cambridge Analytica, they harvested and tried to suppress the black vote, and they did with those types of stories. Hillary said this about black people being predators and have to be brought to, but whatever. And when you say carry and hate, that's exactly what black people did. That's exactly what a lot of people have did. They went along with the message that was being given to them by the biggest Liar, con man, grifter, crook, adulterer, misogynist, and they all sucked up. He's kicking a goddamn ball down the down the field, and the media is chasing that ball like little dogs. And that's well, what one of the biggest problems is. Here is what we what the warning has to be that 
we have to realize, we have to accept the idea that the way of people who are have adjusted to living in poverty, I, I can't say figure it out because I don't think people need to figure it out, uh, ever figure it out. But um, I think that people have to realize that where people who live in poverty, there go I. Right. And I don't think we. Be, I don't think we understand that. I don't think we yeah. understand that at all. Yeah, because absolutely all of right. these people. All of these people who got legitimate, affordable mortgages over the last 10 years, 8 years, they're going to lose them because they're going to lose their jobs. The cost of, the cost of living is going to go so high that they're not going to be able to keep up. And it has nothing do, to do with affordability. It simply has to do with prices being driven. I mean, it's a simple economic uh, um, concept. If the prices go high faster, if, if the living prices go high faster than the wage goes, or if even if it's double. People are in a hole. And people will remain in a hole. I'm going to tell you, I I have a person. Go ahead. I forget. No, I'm just saying that. People go, wages have been stagnant since the 19, since Ronald Reagan showed up and began to dismantle unions. Wages have been stagnant. And the price of living has escalated, has gone through the roof. And the level of participation in this, in this uh, thing we call politics has brought us to the point of where we are. Right now, we as a people, black people, we are on the brink of uh, cataclysmic disaster. Because once the uh, housing market is destroyed and it goes up, what are we going to have? Ten cities for black people again? What's it going to be? And all of the struggles and all of the memes and all of the back and forth that black people argue amongst themselves with cannot get your head around about the politics and who's this and who you like and they've already uh hacked our minds right. to a point where we can't even agree agree on whether or not it's sunny or cloudy outside. The destruction of the people who were hacking our minds. These these newly found ways of influencing the ignorant, because mm-hmm. let's face it, the majority of the electorate are ignorant. 
and they're easily swayed. All they have to do is hear something once, and they don't even they don't care whether it's the truth or not. This is what we settled into for the last nine years. Obama this, Obama that, Obama this, <coughs> everybody, and people want to. You had you had so called black black uh, uh, groups and organizations pounding and criticizing Obama as if all of this stuff just started with him. I voted for him twice. I still wasn't happy with what he did, but I was very happy to vote for him because one thing, I knew he had some semblance of integrity. I knew that he had uh, a vein in him that says everybody should do better. Everybody, when everybody does well, when the people on the low do well, everybody does well. Was I happy with how he approached it? No. Was I happy with the olive branch that he seemed to keep with him at all times? No. I'm a rock thrower. I'm, you know, I'm. that's just how I am. And that's mm-hmm. just what I do. And I look upon it and I look at it that way. I've never ever had this many people sitting in my in my uh call on my switchboard. Never. One, two, three, four, five, six. I've got six so people sitting in my call board. No, no, I I just there's one here that's had their hand up and uh I wanna I'll add him to it. But, uh, let me see. But but here's the the the, the here's the deal, Alpha and the point that I want to make. We cannot continue to think that our only agenda is outrage. We cannot continue to say resist, but we don't have a resistance plan. We cannot continue to think that the only people that matter are the people who look like, who live like us. And, and, India, you know that I have been saying this for years and years and years on my broadcast, that we have got to stop the no, – we, we've got to get out of the notion that I got a job, I got a car, I got a house, and I'm sitting good. Having a job, a car, so and a I'm house so glad has no guarantee, no guarantee right. that, whatsoever. That, that, Absolutely. That's like driving on bald tires over nails. Um, it is not about having a job. It is about it, that that mindset has to be reset or we are doomed. And you are right. You have been saying that for years, as long as I've ever listened to you. And the mindset of the dependency mindset um that has to be reset. Uh, we, look, I mean, I don't know, I, I don't know what greater examples of uh, systemic not giving a damn we need. Uh, we are looking at uh, the governance as not giving a shit, literally using governance to enrich the wealthy and uh, uh, kick the regular. Uh, in the teeth and laugh while doing it. That's what we are witnessing. I don't know 
uh, how much more of uh, 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 the, the, the things have to happen in order for people to realize that. And I think the overwhelm of uh, the poverty and the and the and the corruption and and you know and the abject racism and all of that it it tends to melt the mind. And you're right. Uh, you and Alpo are, are right. We end up. Um, uh, as a culture beefing with each other as opposed to using that precious time um, uh, 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 readjusting our mindset and resetting our mindset. We need each and every ass and brain we can get to build, to collaborate, um, uh, to, 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 to fortify, uh, to help nurture. It's about building, not begging. We've got to change Janice, that. Yes. Janice, India, stay with me. I want, I'm going to put you on mute. I want to take some of these calls because I mentioned that only one person had their hand up, and then everybody's hand went up. So uh, <laughs> stay on the line. I love and, it. Uh, okay. And let me get, the, let me get these other That's folks great. in. That's what we need. Okay, let's start. He's been holding on the longest. 612, thank you for calling the Alpha Show. Welcome to TruthWorks Network. Thank you, sir. Um, uh, thanks for taking my call. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Yourself? Doing well, um, if I could just add, as someone like myself, I'm, I'm definitely conservative, but I used to be uh, really progressive in some of my views. And I, I, I had voted for Obama back in 08, and in this last election I did vote for Donald Trump. And I feel like you look at some of his agenda, I think there's certain areas where people who will consider themselves progressives would actually find grounds where they would actually feel like it'd be beneficial. And I think when it comes to trade, I think that's the key area. And let's remember, I mean, he took a position that is not a traditional Republican position. Most Republicans supported, you know, quote unquote free trade or they supported NAFTA and even the TPP. But uh, his views are actually much closer to say Bernie Sanders idea of, uh, you know, getting rid of the current trade deals we have in place and putting in tariffs that penalize companies for taking jobs overseas, which is exactly what I thought the Democrats would be for, considering they were supposed to represent the working class. But I, it blows me away how the majority of the Democrats seem to be opposing him on that issue and are, not, are arguing against it as if it would be a negative. And that seems to just let me confuse me in the sense that is there is there plan to actually – you know, focus on working class issues, or is it just we're just opposing this guy for the sake of opposing him, even if his ideas are actually in line with what we want? Well, I don't think that it's about opposing the redoing the trade uh, deals. The trade deals, them and that of, of itself, is I, I see it as nothing more than a ploy from this president. Now, and let me let me explain that. He says he wanted to change the NAFTA deal. Well, Mexico and Canada aren't going along with it. So what have we gotten so far in his tariffs? Did you see where the Chinese just bought up a bunch of soybeans? Devastating the American farmer in the heartland of, of the soybean. Whatever they uh, grow soybeans, they're going to have a lot, of, a lot of loss. And I'll say it like this. He has this 
I'm going to create a crisis like he did with uh, DACA, like he did with shutting down the government. I'm going to create a crisis. And then if you don't come over to my way of thinking, I'm going to just shut it down. He brags about shutting down the government, as he did. If you don't come over, look at the gun issue. He had this big table and the people around it, and he was telling his own people, you're afraid of the NRA. And then he runs to the NRA to take their money, their Russian-funded money, over and over and over again. A, he's not prepared to be a president. He gave the tax cuts, and he, 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 he walked that through. He forced that through with some very, let's say, in the past, those uh, ways have been ha- highly criticized. But he pushed yeah, it through even, because... Even with, the, with the tax issue, you have to acknowledge the fact that his initial plan was to even raise taxes on those on the higher end, which is if you take a look at the tax plan, in certain cases, those who are in the highest income tax bracket, their tax, the income tax rate actually went up, and they lost certain levels of deduction. But when it comes to what he could put together legislation-wise, at that point, he's at the mercy of Congress. Right? He can't he can't legislate his ideas through executive order. He has to go through whatever either the Republicans or the Democrats put forward. And when it comes to the government shutdown issue, let's remember the Democrats have used that tactic several times, and it's gone back and forth. That's been done always when you're trying to generate leverage. In the case of Trump, okay, so, he has a situation where he's so, got Republicans on one side who don't really want to work with him, and he's got the Democrats that are opposing him on every single front. So at his point, in order to get leverage, he has to do certain things. Now, in the case of DACA, he also has to acknowledge the fact that he actually increased – he offered to increase the number of people who could be in DACA and offer them a path to citizenship. So and on that That's level, I mean. the Democrats still were, were not willing to work with him. And so my point is that That's what I at mean. some point, if, he, he at, at some point the Democrats have to show. No, he, you know, show first what? of all, DACA was an unconstitutional thing. But he offered to give Why more did, people. It was DACA, way, DACA was you say it's unconstitutional. When was it declared yeah. unconstitutional? When? When Obama put it, when it Obama was put never, it, it, it in the it first was, place. It, it was, was never it was declared unconstitutional by the Supreme Court, by any federal court, look, DACA, or, and if it was declared unconstitutional, why is it that they have upheld DACA and they said that DACA must continue if it's so unconstitutional? You see, that's because where it, you get it, it depends, wrong. It depends what court you go to because we have to understand the courts are biased one way or the it other. It depends on what court you go, you go to. Go to yes, you do, because certain courts have – you know, conservative judges certain have liberal judges, and depending on who you go to, you'll get a decision based on whatever leanings they have in, in that sense. That's why the whole judicial branch can be one of the worst things to go to as far as deciding things, because people just go by their political bias, which is why the Supreme Court you, you, is always you at still a an even split. You but still what, haven't shown me where you didn't, it has been declared unconstitutional. You well, said DACA well, it was unconstitutional because – Absolutely, was in principle. The idea that Obama, through executive order, in principle, that, basically stating we're that we're talking yeah, the law. He pa- yeah, he passed an executive, executive order stating executive order oh, that people that, said that, that that weren't. 
These are people that enter the country illegally, number one. Now, the, the issue was they were children who weren't who, who supposedly... They were children. The they didn't enter illegally. They were brought here illegally. And they were brought yeah, here by illegally. their parents. Exactly. Okay, so they didn't have a legal standing the, to be in America. It's not the so, children so, that should pay for what their parents did trying to find not, a better That's not what way. I'm arguing. That's not what I'm arguing, and that's why Trump went ahead and offered to extend it from 700000 to $1.5 million and gave them a full path to citizenship. So that's already on the yeah, table. Yeah, but he wanted, on the table he wanted to also hang uh, chain uh, – what do they call it? Chain uh, – Yeah. The same thing that his the wife migration. used to bring her – chain migration to bring her parents in. You see – this 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 swarm this yeah because this because thing you, have, around, you have to control immigration because you can't you can't have immigration a where you have got, unlimited immigration you got farmers who can't get you got farmers who can't get their crops in because ICE is terrorizing those immigrants who used to work in those in the field. We are yeah, losing so a in lot that of regard, money. In that regard, we can get we can design a work permit program to get us so that we can have people who are only coming here solely to, to do jobs. In that case, if they're working on the farm, but to not even deal with the illegal immigration issue and act as if there's not also a nefarious element, meaning by that criminals, drug dealers, people who we have no vetting process of whatsoever. That criminals you know and drug dealers coming in. Let me yeah, see. because that's that's an criminals, element as well. For criminals example, criminals and drug my, dealers. Are yeah, you saying that we are criminal and drug, and drug dealer free? You can't say no, what I'm that saying is you, those people okay. coming here are criminals and drug dealers when we already got criminals and drug dealers who are U.S. citizens. You can't say all right, of Americans but, but are you, criminal but you and drug vet. dealers. But, but you have to vet it. For example, my family immigrated here, and I have family in the process of immigrating here. And when you do that, there's a lengthy vetting process with a lot of payments you have to make to do processing fees, a lot of paperwork a lot of interviews. It's a real in-depth vetting process, and I, and I go through, and it takes a long time. It can take a year to two years, sometimes longer, depending on the situation. And so you have millions of people who are doing it the legal way, going through the vetting process so that the U.S. government can at least know what type of person is coming into their country. Because we would agree, no one wants to have people coming in who commit you know, hard crimes like rape, murder, theft, drug dealing, gang banging. We don't want any of that. Now, if you're talking about people who just want to come into work to provide for their families, that's great. We support that. I'm on board with that. But to act as if to, to leave the situation as it is, where you have people coming into your country that you don't know who they are, what's their background, if they're, if they're affiliated with crime or not, that's irresponsible. And even Mexico themselves. Well, and for you to assume, Mexico and for you to assume the that they are assimilated with border. crime has absolutely nothing to do with the immigration bill. I didn't assume they Barack are. Obama, you're, you're also Barack assuming that Obama got also a, that. a Senate to approve an immigration bill, and the House would not bring it up for a vote because they knew that it would pass. So when you hop on illegals and crime and drug dealers, they're here already. We have Americans that are criminals, drug dealers. And crime. Okay, so 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 are you okay with criminals coming across the border? I'm just saying that's a problem as well. You can't you can't pretend that that's not shouldn't be acknowledged. It got to the point where the Mexican government. Are you okay with criminals already here? American citizens. Are you okay with criminals that are already here? We should punish crime across the board. It doesn't matter where. Then why don't we? Why is it that we have law enforcement who are totally off the rails? Well, that's a different we have we can, we can, we can criminals, talk about we have drug dealers, we have, we have all of that. But, 
Yeah, but that's a different subject. I agree with you as far as we need to deal with police corruption. We need criminal justice reform. I'm on board with that. that that's, but that's a different category. Right now we're dealing with illegal immigration. Let's remember, the Mexican government built a wall on their southern border, and the Obama administration gave them $75 million to do it. And because they have the same problem we do, which is they have people coming in from Honduras, from El Salvador, from Guatemala, from Central America and South America, illegally entering their country. And it was a problem to the point where they built a wall on their southern border to deal with it. Now, when America attempts to do the same thing, to deal with the exact same problem, all of a sudden the argument from leftists is, oh, this is racism and xenophobia. No, it's called being responsible. I mean, do you lock your doors at night or do you leave your door wide open when you go to bed at night? I mean, it's just common sense. When, this is not a political when issue. You, when, you, when you try to draw that, that graphic that they're, they're criminals, they're drug dealers, they're rapists coming in, like Donald Trump did, you lose well, so, the so, are, so are you, you saying, So are you saying that there is? Because what, okay, no, so no, 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 no. It's not what I'm saying. It's the bottom line. It's what is normal. But you is it happening? Is there, is there gang the activity and drug dealing like happening across the border? But you is are that happening or is that not happening? Broad brush. You're you doing the exact same thing in the opposite regard. Brush. No, I, I said that's an issue there. I, may, I personally made the distinction between those who are coming in to simply work and provide a good family, a life for their family versus those who are engaging in criminal behavior. Now, are you going to acknowledge the fact that there are there is criminal activity taking place as far as the exchange of drugs? gang activity, drug cartels from both Mexico and Central America and South America doing activity at the border. You tell me that's not happening? Are you tell me that's not an I'm issue at you, all? Is that I'm what you're telling you that we, we have criminals, drug dealers, and criminal activity right here in America. But I, yeah, but I'm not asking not about in America. And we I'm, can't, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no, talking no, about it's here. not about what you're asking about. You right, cannot, so you're diverting You it. cannot single these people. No, no, diverting? No, I'm just simply yeah, saying you're not in, I ask you a you direct question and you're, you're, you're avoiding point. it. You are trying to paint and these people with a broad brush. That's, that's a lie. That's, now you're, trying, that. you're, now you're, you're doing, I already told you I made a distinction between the two types. But the fact that you're you unwilling to even acknowledge, but you you're, you're not even willing to acknowledge the criminal element. But you're not willing to I'm acknowledge, not willing to acknowledge your talking you, point. Your talking you're, point you're, means you're, absolutely you're painting, nothing because it's right, so but you're painting with a broad brush. But you're painting with it's a broad brush in the opposite regard because you're trying to you're trying you to depict call it as, up as, and as call people drug dealers, rapists, just like your mentor. Donald I didn't call Trump. all of them. I said, two, I said that there are those. I mean, you didn't have but to say that's like saying all of the ones were good people. I never said that. That's like See, you, what you're doing the is a caricature. People. Instead, 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 instead of addressing the point that's I brought up, you're just, you're just trying to that's demonize me. You're just trying to demonize me. And that's what pre- your president that, that, meant. Six, one, man, two. Man, I, I feel bad, I'm dude. You, you have a weak mind, dude. You, you can't even argue the point. You just want to demonize me instead of addressing the point. And you're a timeout. You take care of yourself. Thank you for calling. We'll see you in the midterms, and we'll see you in 20. Okay. Nine two nine four seven seven two eight six seven. Where the hell did he go? He hung up. I was just gonna let him continue to listen, but I guess not. Seven five seven. Welcome to the Alpha Show. Thank you for calling Two Forks Network. Have you unmuted? You unmute me yet? You're on the air. Did you unmute me? Can you hear me? You are on the air. Okay. Hello. One thing. Hello. This is Griffin. Can you hear me? 
I can hear you, sir. You're on the air. Oh, okay, then. That, that, this is what I want to say. Number one, the caller was rude to you, and he, he's conflating something. Number one, DACA has nothing to do with immigrants. DACA has to do with the people that are already here. So it was a fictitious argument in the first place. DACA That's what I couldn't get him to understand. <laughs> well, I, I'm, well, I want to say it to him. He's probably listening like I am. I wasn't listening on the computer. But your chat room went out, so now I had to switch to the phone. But I want to say something else. He also said something about the seventy-five million spent on the Southern Wall. That's true, but he wants to ignore thirty years of the U.S. and the military down there and destroying <laughs> the very countries' economies that the people are running from. People are running from Guatemala, Nicaragua, Uruguay, all of those same places that we went down there and ravaged for the last three decades. So it's not. It's not that they're just coming because they want to be in America. They're coming because they have a, a complete chaos in their country created by what? Mining companies, forestation for, for companies, all of them U.S.-backed. So well, that has a lot to do with people, the IMF, too. Well, I, the, the, the point have, is, well, they're, they're multinationals. So, and, and that's another part I wanted to touch on. He's talking about trade. We're arguing trade in, at 2018 like it was when I was in the military in, in 1973, and it's not that way anymore. These companies, U.S.-based companies, ran away from OSHA, EPA, air quality regulations, and everything. All of this. You, too many economists and, and uh, historians have already documented this. There is no such thing as a U.S. company anymore. They're all international. And here's the point I want to make when he was talking about tariffs. Apple is the largest uh, company when it comes to actual assets all around the world. But do you know what Apple does? They have their money offshore, and they keep talking. Trump was talking about bringing it back, you know, going to repatriate the money. You can go to Tom, uh, Richard Wolf, uh, Thomas Piketty. All of them have already told you what that trick is. These companies have their money offshore, and because the interest rates are at zero, rather than use their cash, they actually borrow more money from Wall Street. Wall Street wins because it lends the money and then turns around and does the same thing it did that caused the crash in 2008, create derivatives, take their cut, and keep on playing the game. The companies, when they get their money, rather than invest in, in infrastructure and employees, what do they do? They buy their stock, run the price up on the market, and because they get paid in stock shares, they win. Kind of like the so, tax cut. <laughs> well, that's the whole point. They got the tax cut, but they went even further. They get the, they get, it's a double hit. They got the tax cut over a 10-year period. And, and it ain't even guaranteed to be phased out, but the, but they get a permanent tax cut. But then they turn around and take that money and buy their stock and run the stock price up. What what difference does it make to the average American about a stock market building up when something like 20% of the people in America, the richest people, own 83% of all of the stock? There's a game That's of scale. That's exactly why people like Boyce Watkins around here telling people about Save your coins and pennies and nickels, and if you take $114 in 30 years, 
you can be like Warren Buffett and you'll have four hundred and some thousand dollars. Get out of here. Who, who, if you have money to wait for thirty years, we wouldn't be complaining. Here's another thing. Talking about income. Income has not risen since nineteen seventy eight. Wages have not grown up since seventy eight to seventy nine. They have been stagnant. I came out of the airport. And here's the worst part about it. Not only has it not gone up, Janice uh, was hitting on it. We have to look at something else as black people. We're only 13 to 14% of this, this population. Out of that 13 to 14%, the same things I've talked about for the last four years, and I'm nobody's expert, but I read a lot. And I've been that way since I was a kid. And I don't just read what I believe. I, re- I read what the opponent has to say to see how they manipulate the facts. Here's some facts for you. After all that's been done with wages, the worst thing that happened that I bashed Obama for, and I used the hashtag, B-H-O, legacy of deceit. Obama went to Cooper Union and gave a speech in front of bankers and told them he's the only thing that stood between them and the pitchforks. He made a conscious decision to allow Geithner, Summers, and Rubin to not only pay out the talk that Bush had started, but to because J.P. Morgan and, and Chase and all of them had, go, had, had lied about their books, they lent them trillions of dollars for over a year and a half. And during that year and a half, as overnight loans, trillions, over a trillion dollars in less than 18 to 20 months with the LIBOR scandal that was going on all over, over, overseas, Lent them that money, never, ever tried to make Countrywide or any of those people pay homeowners or reimburse them their money. And they had all of the paperwork to prove that Countrywide was one of the biggest people that had had used predatory lending primarily to black people. So, And I want to stress that out. The other thing that Holder didn't do. Every one of his career lawyers wanted to go after Countrywide to make the point that you cannot set up a racket under the protection or the color of law knowing that it was crooked. The only person that went to jail was small-time people and Bernie Maynard. Bernie went to jail because he stole from the rich. The everyday person, over 450,000 black families lost their homes in the first six months of that crash. Now, here's the one for you. In the following two years, nine million more households lost their uh, uh, households went under because of predatory lending and the, and the, the uh, balloon payments, which which uh, Janice DJ uh, hinted about. But out of those nine million, it's estimated a million of those were black and brown families. So that means 1.5 household, 1.5 million black families lost the main wealth generator, and you can't get that back overnight. We're 10 years out from Obama, from from the crash. You cannot get back 10 years worth of accrued interest in in, in a piece of property overnight. You can't do it. And and not only that, once you find out that. Along with that, now because of people like uh, Sandy Darity, Derek Hamilton, 
Pavlina Shaversky and several other economists that have been on this for about five years. I've been following them on Facebook for five years, and now people are talking about income inequality and wealth inequality, which are two separate things. They found out that all of the banks, all of the banks and mortgage companies are doing the same redlining they were doing in 1965. Exactly. Exactly. It's a very, it's a very it's the same, same in-house Structural, and, and not only that, when they're going back, I, I, I put up a couple of videos on it from showing people. And I, I, the thing I like about Facebook, you can, people can tell you anything they want. I love the fact that it's a digital track, and you can go back and show things. And I've been putting up posts from four or five years ago where I predicted that all of the truths would come out. I called Countrywide when they went under only because I'm in the home repair business, and I tried to talk black families out of doing things like getting $25,000 to put plastic siding on their home. And these are people that were getting ready to retire 18, 19 years, and they're telling me I've been working for them for four or five years. They're telling me what they're getting ready to do, and I say, hey, why would you go pay a company $25,000 Oh, because the man told me at the bank I can get a $25,000 loan. Guess why you could get the $25,000 loan? Because banks were allowed under Reagan to make a deal with the government to keep from getting prosecuted from the redlining from the 1960s up until the 1979. So the deal was any qualified black families could get a minimum of $25,000 loan, home improvement loan, if you had marginal credit. But here's the deal. You know the scoop. Every white company knew that. So they That's could right. put the cheapest side. And I'm in the business. I, I used to ride around and give people the numbers, and this is before I had a computer. I used to just go to the places and get the price sheets and show people. Show them. I said, look, you got $2,200 worth of material. I'll do the job for you for $3,200. In 10 days, and you just pay me. And I had a crew of two people. Rather than pay me, go and I said, you can go to your credit union and get a $5,000 personal note. Lower credit, you pay it off, you don't anybody anything. They'd rather take a $25,000 second mortgage that you got to pay for 10 or 15 years. Just well, stupid. 757, seven, I didn't get your name. Otis, Otis Griffin. Why do I ever And I want to ask you. Pardon me, I've called you I've called you a couple of weeks yeah, ago. You, I've and, and, about and, and I didn't know that this was your number. I thought you were on the well the into that the Chicago I was on, cold. And I, yeah, I w no, I was on the chat and then uh the chat went out for some reason so I switched over to the phone. Yeah, you it, keep it, getting it, tossed it just, keep getting tossed out on this. Yeah, I know. I was but I was looking at that you, and I'm like yeah, I, didn't, oh, yeah. I wasn't sure it was my computer or what, so I just switched the phone. But I want to ask you a question, too, before you go, because I heard you battling with, with your boss. Can you tell me what is Trump doing that's any different from what the GOP was trying to do the whole eight years that Obama was there? I won't give you the answer, and then I'm going to mute myself. The GOP, eight years when they were in control of the House after, well, actually six years, because the first 20 to 24 months, uh, uh, Pelosi and Reid played stupid 
and didn't advance in the Democratic uh, uh, agenda. So agenda, once right. they, yeah, I think it thinking that they were going to win the midterms and end up losing it, and you already know that the Republicans have had it for the last six, what, eight years now, for the last six years of Obama. But here's my point. Even though they couldn't do anything with Obama in there because he would veto it and then they wouldn't have a large enough majority to overcome his veto, they still ran through over and over all kinds of, of bills, rushing them through committee. Pelosi then played with them, even though they were the minority party. And I'm going to try to make my point quickly and then leave you alone. Even though they were the minority party, they tried to play along with them. They let them bring bills to the floor, and then they vote them down. Do you see what happened when the roles were reversed and now Democrats were the minority party? McConnell won't even let them get it out of committee. That's right. They're playing hardball. And here's my point. I don't fall for the trick. Since I learned in seventh and sixth grade, actually with Miss Bologna Moore, the president has the bully pulpit, but the work is done in Congress and the Senate. And when you have spineless people like the CBC that are roughly forty to forty-six people that won't do what the Republican Freedom Caucus would do, if even though I'm in, if I'm with the majority. If you won't give me what I want, I'll hold up everything. That's exactly what happened with the Republicans. They couldn't get the tax bill. They couldn't overturn, overturn Obamacare. You know why? Because the Freedom Caucus said it's our turn to get what we want. And the only reason they got the tax bill is because the Democrats caved and, and added to the spending, thinking that they, they're going to win something in this, in this midterm. And I'm going to tell you what I see coming. I see them because the Democrats are putting their fingers on the scale with all of the all of the races, trying to put up former intelligence agents and ex-military people to run in these districts, trying to tilt tilt the hand so they can keep corporate people in charge. If they keep meddling with this 2018, you're going to see a landslide victory for Trump, and you're going to see people ditch the Democratic Party. They're going to run them out. Unless all of them, Pelosi, all of them are going to be gone. Uh, Clyburn, do nothing, John Lewis, even Miss Max, uh, uh, Auntie Maxine. Auntie Maxine, them haven't stood up for nothing except the little shenanigans that go on in the hearing. They've not stood for anything. Six black people have been lynched in this country in the last nine days. What black politician have you heard say a damn word about it? See, I don't have no patience for none of them. And I'm going to tell you something. When you got people like Clyburn and and uh, what's the other one up in Maryland, when their own children are driving Uber, you know damn well they don't give a shit about us. And I'm mute myself. Well, thank you, Otis. I thank you for your call. 929-477-2867. I see you, 404. I'm going to come to you. As soon, as soon as I uh, come return from taking this small, necessary break. But in the case of Donald Trump, I will say this about 100 days. It does give us enough evidence to ask those liberals who couldn't bring themselves to vote for Hillary because she was the lesser of two evils, Quite a bit lesser, wouldn't you say now? 
And no, this isn't about reliving the last election or about my great love for Hillary, which never was. It's about winning the next election. And that begins with learning the difference between an imperfect friend and a deadly enemy. Now, I can't possibly list all of the lies, fuck-ups, reversals, conflicts of interest, and embarrassments Trump has committed in 100 days. I'd have to stop halfway through to shave. <laughs> but honestly, under Hillary, would we have Attorney General Foghorn Leghorn? <laughs> or Montgomery Burns in charge of the EPA? <laughs> or Rick Perry guarding the nukes? Would she have a cabinet made up almost entirely of rich, straight, white men? You know, Hillary, she knows quite a few black people. Trump knows two. I'm sorry, three. Oh, and we also might have a secretary of education who was smarter than a fifth grader. Before the election, Edward Snowden tweeted, 2016, a choice between Donald Trump and Goldman Sachs. Yeah, so what happened? The anti-Wall Street crowd that was too pure to vote for Hillary ended up putting Goldman Sachs people as Trump's top political strategist, the head of his economic council, and our treasury secretary, the trifecta. The only people he hasn't hired from Goldman Sachs are Goldman and Sachs. <laughs> If Hillary was president now, would we be turning the clock back on the one issue for which there is no more time, climate change? Would we be having to wonder if our president's love of dictators foreshadows some kind of coup here? Would anyone have to wonder if she was Putin's bitch? And instead of trying to kick millions off health care to pay for a tax cut for herself, she'd be trying to raise her own taxes to get more people covered on so many issues. She wouldn't be complaining. It's complicated. Who knew? She knew. She loves complicated. She's a reader. Do you really think if just as evil Hillary had been elected, conservatives would now be in control of the Supreme Court as they will for decades? Just wait until the five to four decisions start rolling in, gutting unions, making it harder for minorities to vote, siding with polluters, overturning abortion rights. Then maybe you'll join me in saying to the liberal purists, go fuck yourselves with a locally grown organic cucumber. <laughs>
uh, the so-called two progressive people ruined things, when the reality of it is uh, the voting lines just didn't play out like that. That man won every demographic economically of the white vote, and that was enough for him to win. So this was not a case of Jill Stein or somebody on the, you know, ultra left ruining Hillary's chances. This was a case of he appealed to the white supremacy that is readily available in America and the ideals that people believe in, and they signed up for it. And and that's the dishonesty that we're having here is that people don't confront that. And and I, I think Janice and uh, the other the other sister were speaking earlier. And they talked about the most important thing, which is actual progressive values, meat and bones, not just anti-Trump. We have to talk about Medicare for all. We have to talk about why are we funding this thing called ICE? This has only been here 10 years, the idea of us having a a Gestapo out here uh, scaring the hell out of one part of the population. Like, that's something that's okay. Uh, Why should the value of your home decide how much a school gets funded. Like the fundamental things that an average American needs, uh, you know, help with are the things we need to be discussing. We need to be talking about workers' rights. We need to be talking about more unions. We actually need to be talking about the idea that this so-called gig economy is not working. 50% of Americans make under $30,000 a year with no benefits, uh, no access to unemployment or anything like that because they're doing part-time jobs. Uh, where they're essentially contract employees, the the things that people actually care about are the things we should be talking about. Uh, here to relitigate 2016, I, I think we waste way too much time doing that. But yes, there is a concerted effort from the Democrats to promote the, I want to say, corporate side of the Dems who want to come to and meet at the middle and tell us that, well, even though we disagree with these people on some things, there are some things. No, there's a whole group of people in this nation that will never vote Democrat, think the idea of progressivism is a danger to society and kind of equate it to some totalitarianism. And and at some point the Dems are going to have to go to the actual working class and support those people and the things that matter to them as opposed to trying to convince these people to cross the aisle, which they are not going to do. As we see the New York Times op-eds roll out every week telling us why we should feel sorry for a Trump supporter who now realizes that his vote went for somebody who doesn't have his interest in mind. Uh, Constant, constant, uh, you know, editorials on these things. But no editorials on working class issues, things that actually affect people's lives. Those are the things we need to be talking about, New Deal politics. You guys have had Sandy Darity on uh, talking about the job guarantee, talking about, you know, uh, universal basic income and, and, you know, some of these other strategies that people are coming up with. But if we sit up here and play this game of, okay, the centrist reasonable left are the ones to be listened to and the people who are actually progressives, you people are in the way and causing problems, uh, then, yeah, we can lose to idiots like we're doing right now. And as you look across the country and you see what gerrymandering has produced, which the Dems haven't fought hard enough against, and we see what mainstream media and the ability to turn really complex issues into simple answers as opposed to the complex things that they are where they tell us, well, you know, the government is just like your home. And sometimes you just need austerity. You need to cut spending, and that will fix things. And then people have to deal with the reality of austerity actually causes 
uh, your economy to stagnate and causes the, the one essential thing, government services, that most people rely on to be cut back. And then we turn around and give a you know tri- multi-trillion dollar tax cut. They're admitting the 1.5, so who knows how bad it actually is. And then you and then, well, you're and then right. you watch the Dems. And we watch the Dems and we say, they come up with Obamacare and they've been on bended knee. They say, okay, we'll do the individual mandate so there's a pay for here. So they can't say we just ram this through and that we're just running up the deficit. And then we watch these crooks come in and they, you don't hear a word about the deficit. No word about any, right. any ceiling or, or debt ceiling or any of this other That's nonsense. right. So, that's right. Yeah, but see, that's point, about man, messaging. Corporate Dems got to stop. Well, the corporate Dems got to stop. You know, this has always befuddled me and this has always confused me. When I hear people say, you can't just be against Trump, didn't, wasn't it Democrats who brought us Social Security? Wasn't it Democrats that brought us unions? Wasn't it Democrats and liberals that brought us Medicare and Medicaid? Wasn't it Democrats and liberals that brought us the New Deal? And when, you, and when people have to be uh, reminded of who is for the working class because the narrative coming from the media is they can't, what do the Democrats have to offer? See, those are the specious, the speciously couched questions that you have the media posing that basically frames this narrative that Democrats or, forget Democrats, progressives, liberals, don't have anything to offer the working class people. Working class people, would, would, would the people in West Virginia care if you can get their grandfathers and and, and fathers out of the coal mines and black lung and go to some type of renewable energy, which most of your progressive states have headed to renewable energy. Fossil fuels must die. You must get out fossil fuels. Health care for all. Why not? All of these are the things that progressives and liberals are offering a nation. It's the messaging that the Democrats have fallen far short on. Bernie Sanders, when Bernie Sanders was running against Hillary Clinton, she posed one question that basically he stumbled on and fell on his face. How do you pay for it? You're talking about free college. How do you pay for it? How do you? And instead of him telling her, you pay for it with a tax on transactions uh, Wall Street transaction tax. You pay for it by closing the loopholes to the big corporations that are sucking the money out of the revenue trough. He had no answer. And when people yeah. say uh, he won, Trump won all the demographics, he won Wisconsin by less than 10,000 votes as they purged hundreds of thousands of people off in the Milwaukee and outlying African-American communities. He won in Wisconsin by 26,000 votes, where he purged over 100,000 people out of the African-American community, and there were 27,000 votes in that county. He won in Ohio. Look, 
I don't know if you know about cross-check. I'm sure you do. Yeah, Chris Coburn. Cross-check, but look, but look, hold on. Th- th- these things aren't new, though. They were already in process all the way back not. in 2000. And, that, so, and you were, so you were so absolutely, absolutely right. That would be the issue. Not that they did it. That should have been expected to be done. Now, the, the question and now, comes and now who's, point, who's trying to is carry this a that? Question of messaging? Is this a question of messaging, or is this a question of they are always going to appeal to the donor side and are going to have to be kicked uh, to actually go toward progressive issues that are going to be problematic for them in the mainstream form if they can't fight for their position? But my, my issue is this. We want to play this game where we say, oh, it's divisive now. No, politics are actually divisive just on their head just because of what you're talking about and how much, uh, how much that affects people's lives. So it's going to be divisive. And we need actual fighters. Uh, if you're going to put that D on and be an actual fighter and an actual progressive, then do so. Uh, otherwise, then at a certain point, you're just talking about corporate Dems who want to tell us everything is fine, America's already great, and vote for me for no reason. So the, the, the centrist Dems have a stranglehold on this, on this uh, party, and I think the book by the sister after the election where we got the postmortem where she talked about it. Hey, where's the money? Where is it going? Why are we determining uh, th- that we should be uh, going to Texas and these other purple areas in order to get a landslide when we haven't solidified the areas that we actually need? Like the things that actually matter that people care about, we don't talk about because it's easier to just point at the, you know, the, the orange moron uh, who's going to eat your children. And he's horrible. The caller who called in who supports him, uh, at a certain point, the conversations with them are not even productive because we're talking about damn near a cult-like leader to this point because they're not actually looking at his positions. They're just trying to figure out a way to justify what they did in voting for this incompetent, raggedy person who is not only ruining the economy but is making it strategically hard for the U.S. to be able to compete globally in the future. You just talked about this idea of cold country and getting on new energy. Look, you drop out of the Paris Accords, that means Germany goes to China and gets those contracts in fixing some of the pollution uh, problems they have and goes to India, gets those contracts, figuring that out. And you get the ancillary technology that you come up with as you're uh, solving those problems. So when when we have somebody who's looking towards the past and claiming that they're going to compete in the global marketplace, the rest of the world is laughing and can't wait to sit down and negotiate with the moron-in-chief who we elected. So, uh, yeah, I, I completely understand how dire things are and who we're dealing with. But my issue, no matter what, is at, at some point we're going to have to have Dems who actually understand that we need a new deal. We need progressive, actual policy, meat and bones for regular folks. And, and I mean, that's it. It don't get more complicated than that, man. You're absolutely right, Full Full. Thank you for calling. Well, yeah. Thank you for Enjoy your call, the show, man. Enjoy the show, Do your thing, bro. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm just going to put you on mute. Exactly. Um, let me go back up here and, and bring Big Sister on. Janice, are you still there? I'm still here, Alpha, and you've had some. <laughs> the last two callers, Otis and 404, they laid it out. You know, here's the thing. We're trying to be superhero intellectual about a lot of these things. And some of it is just so simple 
and we have learned these lessons. We have learned and and honed our skill in 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 ways which we are not applying. All you have to all you have to understand is since the Reagan years, we have since Eisenhower actually, we've understood that when the Republicans and the GOPs not in power, not the majority, they spin like a drunken sailors and then they run on the idea that we have increased the deficit to our demise that's one thing so we have to you know political history is very very important but the other is that there are solutions and we're not getting it from the democrats and we're not getting it from the democrats because just like that guy uh uh the the you know, see, I I won't even talk to people who who tell me you you black and you voted for Donald Trump. That's all I need to know. So I don't even need to engage with you. But one of the things that we have never understood is that who are our true and genuine, authentic allies. And all you have to do is look at the policies. A lot of the, I mean, you know, to to your argument and discourse with with the other caller on immigration. Uh, and and he admits that his family immigrants. And you just have to say, okay, you can have it whatever way you want to have it. You can fall for the you can fall for the hokey doke. You can drink the Kool Aid. And you could beat the drums of the propaganda. The fact is that nothing that this president has done is anything other than destruction of the infrastructure, the safety nets that we did have. You know, I'm 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 almost seventy years old. And and one of the things that I want to say is, in my lifetime, I thought it couldn't get any ba- any worse. But here we are. Here we are. Um, I, I do want to also comment on something that Otis said that needs to be repeated over and over, and that is that we have to understand the 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 resources that we have, you know, and people. This is you know, it's, this is the same. Alpha, you know, I've been, I have been struggling with this. I've been doing talk radio for damn near almost forty years now. Well, not quite that much, but since nineteen eighty two, and we're saying the same things. We're doing the same things. And India, if you're there, you know what I say. Keep doing the same. Keep doing what you've been doing. You keep getting what you what you've been getting. And this whole notion that we let the Democrats off the hook, the whole notion that we let let the banking institutions off the hook for the destruction, the economic destruction they caused 
uh, for for uh, working families in this country. And now we have um, corporations who are trying to pretend and portend in in a propaganda rap that they are corporate partners in our communities. They it, that couldn't be further from the truth, and we need to recognize that. And in the bottom line, and I know you don't have much time, is nobody's going to save us, but if we save ourselves, we have got to understand that if we continue to buy pizza from Papa John's, that if we keep continue to, if, if we continue to do business with Home Depot, if we continue to <coughs> excuse me, essentially capitalize the war against us, then we're going to lose. So don't call me on the on the on the radio asking me why we are losing. No. You can't get no, out, out, outraged about about um what what whether or not they're having sufficient black studies at a white university and not be concerned about rad that is the privatization of public housing. You can't do it. Black people ought to be in the street around snap. Uh, around snap. We're not. And nothing has changed in this country without public and ugly outcry. Unfortunately, you're absolutely right. And I just want to say this to you. Because I did study Windsor Castle, and I did study the architecture (laughs) and history of um, St. George's Chapel. That is why I, I watch the wedding today. But my good friend and buddy in 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 party buddy in my young days, Michael Curry brought down the the wooden spires of St. George's Chapel today. Well that was a part I heard of that. No, I heard part of that. I heard part of yeah. that. And I mean, it, it was clear, you know, we started out with the, with that tonight, the, this whole idea. No black person, no no Asian person, no mama, no father is going to be perfect. And we should not expect. Poor people are not going to be perfect. They are imperfect by the just simply by the place in which they stand. And what we have got to understand is something that Michael Curry said today, that we either love or we don't, and we love from a source. And I am tired of black people saying that they love black people, but they don't engage in that love. Put your kente cloth, 
and your dashiki and your Wakanda forever bullshit aside and begin to love black people. And that's what Malcolm was all about. Malcolm was poor, but he stood in dignity and without question for black people. His family was, 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 his family was, I mean, we've got to understand. But for the grace of God, go I. Alpha, thank you for inviting me tonight. I'm I'm just so glad whenever you're on the air. Uh, well, Janice, but, thank you for coming. But you still ain't explained to India. me. India. And I don't think you can. And I don't think you what? can. India, India took the high road and India hung up. <laughs> <laughs> but you still can't explain to me about them damn, them goddamn hats. And uh, I'll leave it at that because I got about two minutes, oh, two and I, a half minutes I left. Did send, <laughs> I did send Joy Reed a message and said, Joy, the hat, don't the send, hat, don't the send, hat. Don't send Ted. Don't tell Joy nothing. Just let Joy go on and play that out. Janice, you know, thanks and, and, for you. And, and, you know, the other thing is you got to appreciate the resources that you have. My show has been having Sandy. Do- I I went to MIT with Sandy Darity, and I have known him for a long time. My show has been showcasing his baby bond and his job guarantee. And I sent him a note a couple of weeks ago and said, "Don't let these people dilute this stuff. Get Cory Booker the hell out of the issue." Because you're right. When when it doesn't work and it's so diluted. They'll be saying it's Sandy Darity's. Right now, Bernie Sanders and 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 Cory Booker are saying it's theirs. But that's how that that's how they appropriate our stuff, distort it, and then point the finger as to why it doesn't All work. Right. Okay. Down to ninety seconds. Good night, Alpha. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> Take care. Thanks a lot. I want to thank uh, Janice Graham. I want to thank India Declare. And don't miss our Declare show Fridays, 9 o'clock Eastern at Blog Talk Radio. I want to thank um, Nas, and I want to thank Otis. And I also want to thank the Trump supporter, however far that goes. And when you get right down to it, You have to ask yourself, when injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. The people who are telling you they're coming to take your guns are the same people who are coming to take your Social Security. They're coming to take your Medicare. They're coming to take the New Deal. Stupid is not something that is simply learned. You have to say to yourself. Do men ever stop being stupid? Exactly. <laughs>